First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Whoa, amazing! What are you waiting for? Something amazing, I guess. This week on Something Amazing. Robots have held a convincing debate against humans, but who won, I'll tell you. A teaser trailer for a movie you probably won't want to see. (laughs) And some researchers have developed an AI that can see into your future. And what do some sweet little birds have to do with a kinky fetish? (laughs) You'll find out this week on Something Something Amazing. Welcome to Something, Something Amazing. Amazing. I'm Amberly Cull. I'm Matt Saracini. How are you going, Matt Saracini? I'm going well, Amberly Cull. How are you going, Amberly Cull? So great, Matt Saracini. <laughs> uh, the winter solstice is upon us. It's so dark. It's, it's dark and, and cold. cold. Usually, um, I, I, those of you who've listened to the podcast before know that I quite often, we, we, we scooter yeah. here before the podcast, and usually it's a highlight of my week, but in this weather, it is no highlight. It is a, a terrible death trap of cold. Hey, Matt Sarazzini. Yes, What hello. is something amazing? I'll tell you. Please. It's a podcast where Matt Sarazzini and Amberly Cull come together once per week, generally. Uh, Ish. Before that, we've gone about our week finding facts or stories or tidbits in order to... I've done this so backwards. In order to tell each other what they are, but the, <laughs> the rule is, yes. is that the things that they have to be must be something, something amazing. amazing. How do you feel that I way? Haven't, I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. That was that was a nosedive. You know, when uh, we started this podcast this week, I was like, a few weeks in a row, I've been a bit sloppy in the intro, <laughs> like I haven't said the words something, something amazing. amazing at the same time as you. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'm always a, ready. I'm going to make a real effort to make sure that every time I say something, something amazing, amazing, oh, well done, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it is being said in unison. Yeah. So I was, I was on. I was on. I was ready to go. I, it just <laughs> turns out I wasn't. <laughs> I think the explanation becomes clear when we start doing our thing. So, would you like to do a fact or a story or a tidbit? Yeah, I'll do a fact. First or second? Oh, Oh, first. First, go for it. Okay. So, remember when I talked about the movie that's coming out in 100 years? Yes, uh, with... Not Steve Buscemi. Um, <laughs> One in it? the same, John Malkovich. John Malkovich, that's it. So, uh, this is another uh, odd film, I guess. I think that was weird because we would never see that movie. It no. is being released in 100 years. Like, even if you were born today, there's a good chance you won't ever get to see it. Well, this movie, you would have the ability to see, but I don't I don't recommend sitting through the entire movie. Let ha- me guess. <laughs> it's screening on the moon. It's no, no, no. screening underwater. No, 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 no. It's it's the length of it that's the issue. Oh, okay. So the teaser trailer was recently released. It's <laughs> 72 minutes. Okay. Uh, the film itself, 720 hours or about 30 days. It could be... Like an experience? Yeah, that's that's what it's meant to be. It's a the movie's called Ambiance, and it's by Swedish artist Anders v- Weberg. Weberg. Yeah, that's right. Something <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> it's going to be released in 2020, so we will be able to see it yes. if we want. All 30 days of it. All 30 days of it, and as soon as it's played. It's 
As soon as it finishes... Please tell me they set it on fire. They're going to destroy it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it's not something you can like download later. Wow. (laughs) Just like watch it. You have to like be a part of the experience of watching it. How annoyed would they be if it leaked online? Yeah, they'd be annoyed. Oh, they'd be furious. (laughs) It's the longest movie ever made. Can you believe that? What's the the second longest movie ever made? Like what movie is this 30-day movie beating? Well, there's been 24-hour... Movies like the 24 Hours Psycho. Also, Pharrell's recent music video was 24 hours long. Oh, yeah, when he got everyone to dance to Happy all around the world and it went for 24 hours. Yeah, so there's been experiments like this before, but this is certainly at a new level. (laughs) I'd say so. 30 (laughs) days is very long. I remember once I saw a 24-hour show. I've seen a few 24-hour shows. We've been in 24-hour shows. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) There's something magical about an endurance piece of art. Yeah, because you're all in it together. I think, but when it's live, I think it's different because it's more of a, like, you're experiencing something and the people on stage are experiencing something. It's something you'll never be a part of again. Yes. Whereas a film feels a little less that, but I guess everyone in the audience, like, I've been in a play before that was like a professional play. Was yeah. yours professional? The uh, 24 hour one? Uh, the, the one I performed in was semi-professional, <laughs> but the one I watched was super professional. Oh, really? It was the best thing oh, I've ever seen. Was this the Taylor Mac one? Taylor Mac, yeah. Yeah, so good. Taylor Mac. So, and, and the Taylor Mac show, uh, and I, I hope that somebody listening to this looks up Taylor Mac and Googles it and finds out that that show is touring anywhere oh, near them. What is, is such an experience. So it's 24 hours and when they did it at Melbourne Festival, they did it in four six-hour blocks. And the whole idea of the show is that it is every hour is a different decade in American history as told through the popular music of the time. Yeah. So you start in the first hour in 1788 and then you go all the way through to today. And it's just so good. It's so good. And there's like extra things as well. It's a drag show. It's very immersive as well it's to a, keep you awake, I guess. Yeah, so every hour there's new costumes. Every hour there's games with the audience to keep you yeah, awake. Yeah. Um, but also... It starts with 24 musicians and then each hour we lose a musician until the end is just Taylor Mac doing his final hour alone. And so that show as a concept sounds tough, tough to watch. Yeah. It would be like hard. You'd feel like, oh, by hour four, like I, I've, I've had it. And there was something that Taylor Mac said in that show that really stuck with me, which is we wanted to make a show that was so long and so impossible for us to perform that you know that there's no way we're doing it perfectly. Yeah. And in that imperfection, we hope that our message shines through. Cool. Um, yes. Yes, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And uh, it's like you as an audience member is falling apart. And like you <laughs> yeah, said, the yeah, people yeah. on stage are going through something as well. And there's no wrong answers. You can go to the toilet. You can go get a drink. Uh, you can join in. You can not join in. But then I remember seeing a, I think it was a nine-hour show, which yeah. was a very serious play. Uh. And that was <laughs> less. <laughs> so they're not all good. <laughs> Exciting. And there was like a dinner break. And like during the dinner break, you're like, well, I better. I mean, there's like three hours left, so I better just for it. Yeah. Isn't there that... Um, and there's like, a, the ring cycle. The ring cycle, yeah. yeah. Ring cycle? Circle? I don't know. No, surely cycle. They wouldn't call it the ring circle. That's a tautology. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm questioning everything. Anyway, so yes. 280 hours is finished of yeah. the full 720 hours. Oh, so they hours. haven't finished making it. It's coming out in 2020. It's just the teaser trailers come out that's 72 minutes. <laughs> 
Better cut just the best bits. Uh, six months ago, this is the um, director. Six months ago, my son Andre took an overdose and died at 21 years old. Much of the works over the years have been centered around him. This is for him. And apparently, the the trailer is not. It's not. I don't think it's a narrative story, and I don't think it's a movie that you're meant to sit through. Mm. I think it's a movie that you're meant to have on experience some of it. I think it's very artsy-fartsy, but it's more like a meditative experience. I also, like, for example, when we do this podcast, I'm mm. always, let's try and get it done in half an hour. Yeah. People are donating their ears and yeah, their time yeah, yeah. to us. Let's make sure we give them amazing facts really fast. Make sure <laughs> we're, they're in and out within 30 minutes. If You know, they might hear the first part on the drive to work and the first part on the drive home, and that's a perfect podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, it's difficult to say this to a (laughs) grieving person, but I think (laughs) the power of editing. (laughs) You just think he doesn't have a very good editor? (laughs) (laughs) God, editors are expensive. Oh, well, better make a 30-day film. Just put all of the stuff in. So, this um, he's he's had a a uh, 20-year-long career, and this is going to be his last- Magnus Opus. Movie. Uh, Yeah, I I called it- it's it's called Ambiance. Uh, and Ugh, what a boring name. <laughs> it says space and time is intertwined Ugh. into a surreal dreamlike journey beyond places and is an abstract non-linear narrative uh, summary of the artist's time spent with the moving image. And it's sort of a memoir movie. Mm. Uh, it's a visual expression that has constantly characterized um, the work throughout the artist's career. So, yeah, it sounds pretty wanky. <laughs> Do you know what I think? Imagine if you were the best friend of this artist. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, <laughs> because you do know I how- have to? <laughs> <laughs> you know how we do comedy shows and you, you get over inviting your friends to them because it's yeah. like, you know what, just come if you want, but it is much of the same. And I, and I yeah, like, and, and I see like, oh, I don't really expect you guys to pay to see me anymore. Just uh, come along. But, and, and like, I feel like a 30-day... <laughs> That's a payment. <laughs> like, even if I got a free ticket to that, I wouldn't feel like it was a gift. Oh, and he's grieving as yeah, well. Yeah, it's not going to be a happy movie. Sun it's not going to be fun. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, ambiance. <laughs> you know what? I will give you this. It is something amazing. Yes, got you. I was looking down. <laughs> Wait, why do you want to trick me? I don't know. Don't All right, know. you tell yours. Uh, okay, let's go to San Francisco. Yeah, boys. The, the hotbed of technology. And, and like, party, like, nightlife? A world first has happened. (laughs) Okay. Cool. (laughs) IBM have pitted a computer against two human debaters in a world first public demonstration of artificial intelligence technology. Is this another... (sighs) Matt, is this another very scary fact? No, 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 no. Did you ever do debating in high school? Yes, I was in the debating club. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, right. (laughs) Me too. It was great because you got free cookies after school on a Tuesday. Right. Well, so what they decided to do... Hi, my name's Amberly Cull and I'm speaker (laughs) three. I would like to begin with a rebuttal. (laughs) (laughs) In summary... (laughs) I was always speaker three. Who are you? Speaker one. I used to like defining the topic. See, I feel like speaker one is a type A, speaker three is the improviser. Really? They, have to, they, can't, they can't plan anything. They can only rebut. Are you saying Whereas speaker one yes. has nothing to rebut against yet. But they have Surely imp- the rebutting is the best thing. I'm sorry, I'm just enjoying saying buts a lot. Yeah, I can so see that. So I'm saying that. rebutting a lot. But surely speaker one has to set the topic. Uh, yeah, they're the irref- boring nerd. 
You want to be the cool speaker three You're not on cool. the fly. <laughs> You're not cool. <laughs> bing bang, bing bang. You see this. This is what I say to you. So IBM made this project debater, and what they did is they got two humans to debate a computer, and the topic. Wait, why? Why two? Two to one. I guess they thought that was a fair fight. Remember, so this is the same company, IBM. They put uh, Watson, which is their artificial intelligence, they put it on Jeopardy. And there's a really funny episode of Jeopardy where this computer is just versing two quiz masters. Yeah. So maybe this is like the two for one. Yeah, two for one is the the, the go-to. Um, so it was a topic that the computer had not studied in advance. Okay. But, yeah, had but they also have the like information of the world. Yes. Correct. Like if if the if the quiz masters could like Google something. So the computer was on the affirmative and the humans were on the negative. Oh the t- well that's telling, isn't it? How? Oh, put the humans on the negative. It's great rebuttal. <laughs> um the computer had to make a case for government-subsidised space research. Space Force. This is how the computer began. Subsidising space exploration is like investing in really good tyres, <laughs> argued the computer system. Its female voice embodied in a 1.5 metre tall machine shaped like a monolith with TV screens oh. on its sides. Yep. Such research would enrich the human mind, inspire young people, and be a very sound investment, it said. Making so it, many varies. Making it more important even than good roads, schools, or healthcare. Whoa. So the computer delivered its opening argument by pulling in evidence from its huge internal repository of newspapers, journals, and other sources. It then listened to a professional human debater's counter-argument and spent four minutes rebutting it. <laughs> so I guess your prized, coveted rebuttal yeah. third speaker role could be taken over by robots soon. Look, I haven't been a third speaker in a while. But rather than just scanning a giant trove of data in search of factoids, uh, IBM's latest project taps into several more complex branches of AI. Search engine algorithms used by Google and Microsoft's Bing. Remember Microsoft's Bing? I remember Microsoft's Ask Jeeves. Use similar technology to digest and summarize written content and then compose new paragraphs. Voice assistants such as Amazon's Alexa rely on listening comprehension to answer questions posed by people. Google recently demonstrated an eerily human-like voice assistant that can call hair salons or restaurants to make appointments. Yes. Which we've spoken about before. But IBM says it's breaking new ground by creating a system that tackles deeper human practices of rhetoric and analysis and how they're used to discuss big questions whose answers aren't always clear. Because I guess... Mike, can we just... I just want us to stop. It's We've gone... We're, we're, but isn't this amazing? It only... It, I, no, it's scary. Because you can ask a computer how deep is the Mariana Trench and that's... That's easy for a computer to do. It just Such looks it up. a specific question. <laughs> why did you go to that? I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you why that's my example <laughs> of an easy computer question. But if you're asking a computer to argue for something. I don't want computers to be able to do that. It has to know because what then the thing is. Because then they'll be like, hey, I have sentience and I'm going to argue why I should murder all humans. And you know, what? And which would be the right thing to do if you're a robot, right? Well, that's the going to help the environment, going to help the robot. That's the thought process, isn't it? Like the the old um, thought experiment where a robot is in charge of writing 
greeting cards mm. and that's its only job is to write greeting cards and it ends up killing the whole human race. There's what? a reason why it gets there, but I can't remember <laughs> what it is. But if it's like, well, if I'm going to write greeting cards, then I need to kill humans. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how all these as well, these AI, the original hallmark of success was um, can it beat the best chess player in the world? Mm. And re- No, what was that game? AlphaGo. AlphaGo. Can it more recently Pokemon beat, Go. beat the <laughs> best AlphaGo player in the world? This is so much harder than learning the rules of a board game. Mm. This is listening comprehending, rebutting, using arguments, understanding. AlphaGo, sorry to derail, mm. but I feel like if you had a pack of dogs, yes. you would be like, that would be a, a command you'd be like, you'd be like, AlphaGo, and then the alpha of the dogs would attack. <laughs> Absolutely. The robot. Absolutely. That's what we're going to need. How's gonna a need dog going to ro- attack a robot? Dogs. Oh, no, they're making robot dogs, aren't they? In yeah. fact, I mean, I remember my childhood, we already had robot dogs. They could backflip. That's better than an actual dog. Okay, so do you want to know what a robot can do better than a human and what a human can do better than a robot? So, as expected, the machine tends to be better than humans at bringing in numbers and other detailed supporting evidence. It's able to latch onto the most salient and intention-getting elements of an argument and can even deliver some self-referential jokes about being a computer. It does not say which jokes they were. I don't like that. But I love the fact that it can joke. However... It lacks tact, researchers said. Sometimes the jokes don't come out right. Again, (laughs) no, I wish I had a quote. I love that. I wish I had a quote on that one. Humans tend to be better at using more expressive language, more original language, said Dario Gill, IBM's vice president of AI research. They bring in their own personal experience as a way to illustrate the point. Yeah, not for long. The machine doesn't. The machines will just learn how to do this. The machine doesn't live in the real world or have a life that it's able to tap into. Well, the machine's going to read that Dario and they're going to be very upset with you. I always think like when the singularity comes, there's so much stuff on the internet about us pushing over yeah, robots, good or to robots whacking them and they're just going to get I know so you're going to listen to this and know that I am on your side. Yes, I for one welcome our new overlords and I've always been championing your cause. If I'm honest, I would like us to stop with the the creation of you. Well, they might want to stop with the creation when, of you. When you are here, yes. I'm all on board because okay. I don't want to die. Once you get here, it's all good. All right, what do you think? That's something amazing. Something amazing, damn it. <laughs> you set me up for it and everything and then you failed. <laughs> Story of my life. Matt Sarasini. Yes, Amberly Carl. Are you aware of the term... Cuckold? Yes, it's when somebody cheats on their partner. Mm, a cuckold is the husband of an adulterous wife. Yes. Uh, so if I was married and my wife was cheating on me, I would be a cuckold. The cuckold. Yes. There's a great um, It's tri- even a kink. Some people some people like to be cuckolded, so they like their their like with their permission, their yeah. wives will sleep with other people and that's a thing for them. Just to be clear, I am not one of those people. Okay. <laughs> There's um, a great tripod song about a, being a cuckold. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it, the chorus is like I am now a cuckold, she cuckolded me. When your lover's loving someone else, a cuckold will you be. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good explanation. <laughs> uh, in evolutionary biology, the term is also applied to males who are unwittingly invested, investing parental e- effort in an offspring that aren't genetically their own. So if you're looking after a, a kid that isn't yours, right, you're, you're a also a cuckold. I guess so. But did you know where the word cuckold comes from? Uh, is it a bird? It sounds very birdy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The word cuckold derives from the uh, cuck, 
cuckoo bird. The the cuckoo? No, the cuckoo bird. Are you sure? How would cuckoos be spelled? C u c k o o. The word cuckoo derives from the cuckoo bird, <laughs> allowing its habit of laying its eggs in others' nests. Uh, the association association is common in medieval folklore literature and iconography. 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 The word cuckold. <laughs> the word cuckold derives from the cuckoo bird, yes. alluding to its its habit of laying eggs in other birds' nests. Um, this is like a cuckoo clock cuckoo bird, yeah, right? Yeah, the cuckoo, the main cuckoo bird. Yeah, but well, now we're saying it all different ways. So I don't the know cuckoo. what the cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it's cuckold. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. cuckoo sounds right, right? I got all... Like a cuckoo burrow. <laughs> words have just lost meaning. <laughs> the association is common in medieval folklore, literature, and iconography. Wow. So they will go into a nest... And they'll... Yeah. ...look after the eggs and pretend to be the... The, pe- girl, the girl will lay... The female will lay eggs in others' nests. Yeah. So then other birds, men, look birds after them. will have to bring them up. And then when the cu- the cuckoo <laughs> comes but out, but not not even to, to other cuckoo birds, to other birds, <laughs> like so different birds oh, no. to them. So when they're hatched, it's like you don't look, look like right. my son, but I guess uh, I love you. <laughs> I'll bring you up. Just prey on the evolutionary drive. That's yeah. a good idea. So, um, oh, that's good. Then you don't have to look after kids anymore. Yeah, I guess that's your view on kids. Yeah, put them up for adoption. That's what I say. It's kind of like putting them up for adoption in the bird world, but, but like by force. <laughs> that was. F- I'm not done. Okay. The female equivalent, queen. Really? Yes. First appears in English literature in 1562, uh, adding a female suffix to the cuck. She's a cuck queen. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm a cuck queen. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds more... I guess it is a sexual thing. I've been cucked. Um, But, yeah, pretty cool, right? In fact, it's probably... Something amazing. Oh! Um, Last week we were so we were so on it. We were so on it. We said something amazing so many times. Stop it! Stop (laughs) saying it without letting me know. Stop saying what? Something amazing. (laughs) Continuing my theme of scary AI... This AI software knows what you're going to do next. No, stop it, Matt. Researchers at Germany's University of Bonn say they've taken an important first step in creating a self-learning computer program that can anticipate our next actions. No, thank you. Stop. In, in the stop kitchen. Stop it, everyone. In the kitchen, at least. As in, like, what we're going to cook next. Do you so, like, I've bought some pasta and some mushrooms and they're like, mm, I think they're going to make a mushroom... It's not a million miles away from that. So what they did is they showed a a bunch of people making salads. So they had two different neural networks watch four hours worth of videos in which humans are shown preparing different salads. This data was then used to train the system when each of about 20 actions required to prepare the salad started, as well as the duration of each of those actions. So it might be chopped tomatoes. Great cheese, whatever the... Do you know what's the fact I know about chopping vegetables? What's that? That chopping them alone releases serotonin in your brain, even if you don't eat the vegetables, because your brain is like, I'm doing something good for me and help healthy. 
So okay. if you're feeling bad, you can just chop up a carrot. So the computer was probably releasing serotonin all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so the program was shown... <laughs> it's very messy, that, that robot. <laughs> it's just having a big weekend. Stop releasing everything. So the program was shown more salad-making videos and told what actions it was watching for the first 20 to 30% of the videos, and then it had to predict what would happen next. Mm. So it's been trained, watched a lot of people making salads. Yeah. Shown the first bit of people making salads, told what they're doing, and then gone, what do you think happens next? Because um, that's fair, because people have varying different ways of making salads. And there are so many salad options, you know? <laughs> it's almost endless. And also, the the other thing that's really important is this is testing how the computer learned. So, the computer hadn't seen these videos before. Mm. It wasn't ready for... They hadn't set it up to win. Yeah. It, it was just like, let's start from scratch. Let's show it something yeah. uh, and then see how well it let's learns. Let's show them a Caesar and a Cobb. So, what happened? Well, the computer could guess what was coming up with 40% accuracy. So, that's not great. 40%, right? Yeah, I mean, that- some salads are pr- pretty confusing. <laughs> Waldorf salad, for instance. <laughs> Nuts! Where did they come from? <laughs> so, six times out of ten, it would get it wrong. So, still the majority of the time. Four times out of ten, it would get it right. But then the further into the video, like the further away the action it had to guess was, it, the rightness fell to only 15%. Can you name any other types of salads other than Greek and Garden, Waldorf, Cobb and Caesar? Papaya? Papaya salad? Yeah, papaya salad. That's a pretty common one. Yeah. Cool. Meat, Just wondering. Meat, meat salad? salad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I will point Tabouli. out... Tabouli? So we'll point out at this point. Is that a salad? Are you are you listening or are you just thinking of salads? No, I'm really just stuck in salads now. <laughs> um, and like, if I'm honest, the past few minutes has mostly been salads in my brain. So I will point out at this point because I showed this story to a guy at work and he went, "Okay, well, let's." wind back a bit sure it's predicting what you're going to do next but also it was out of one of 20 actions the accuracy is quite low 40 percent and it gets to even lower 15 percent when you're three minutes out so let's not worry about it but what's the point of this technology right what's it good for so the whole idea is mind read you well, the whole idea is that... And then, like, and then laser your thoughts with their laser brains. <laughs> and then you'll never make a couscous salad again. The whole idea is that the machine could perhaps, um, if it knew what you were trying to do, be more helpful to you. I Instead don't of, want it. I don't want it to be more helpful. I want us to stop. Instead of you having to go, okay, Google, turn the lights off, it would just go... Oh, I know no, that it needs a light off. I hate that. Or it sees you chopping some tomatoes and goes, you know what I can do next? I can get the onions out of the fridge. What if it just assumes that you want to murder someone? How would it come to that assumption? Because you're just really mad that day and someone's really bugging you. <laughs> because you've been cuckolded. Yes, or cuckweened it. <laughs> look, if, look, I will not shy away from the fact that robotics raises some interesting ethical questions. You don't think that questions. it's too far, right? You don't think we should keep going, right? Surely. I want to see where this goes for a no, bit. No, <laughs> it leads to our demise. I want to ride it out a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> but you love Elon Musk. And even Elon Musk is like, hey, guys, can we <laughs> slow down? Yeah. Elon Musk is, uh, and a bunch of tech people actually got together and said, they didn't say that um, they want anything to stop. They said, we need to be clear on the rules yeah. before we proceed. Like the laws. The, even the morality. Yeah. Like the whole decision of a self-driving car. Yeah. Did you hear that podcast? No. Oh, it was so great. What was it on? Oh, it was 
songs, either Radio Lab or This American Live. <laughs> but it was just like <laughs> do some searching. <laughs> it was like, yeah, do 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 we save like a child over an old person? Mm. Do we save like certain races? Do we say, oh, this person is a doctor versus this person is a like a garbage man? So that's more worthy in our society. And in the end, they decided, no, 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 you're not allowed. To, you have to. They had to, and then and then everyone in theory would be like, oh, I'd prefer to save a group of school children over the person in the car. Yeah. But anyone buying the car was like, no, no, make the person in the car the number one priority. It's like such that, a morality thing. That's capitalism in action, isn't it? It's yeah. like, well, they spent the money, so they get saved. <laughs> they hit the robot <laughs> demon car that kills the children. <laughs> You'd feel pretty bad, I hope. <laughs> but yeah, so computer's going to be reading our thoughts soon. Mm. Hey, Matt, what do you recommend? Oh, I recommend having a debate. <laughs> Pick a topic. <laughs> I recommend being speaker three if you're going to. Get three of your friends together. You need six of your friends. You need seven because you need a mediator. <laughs> <laughs> and surely you want an audience. Get 30 of your friends together. together have a debate. Have a talk, have a chat about. But then you have to find something that you really want to debate about. Well, I remember you d- once I did a d- debate in um, high school where it was like, should we keep forcing animals to be in the circus? It was like, clearly no. <laughs> forcing them. Like, if they want to be there, fine. But if you're they forcing don't. them. <laughs> anyway, we won, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I recommend uh, maybe exploring your fetishes. Maybe being cuckolded is a thing that's going to help you out in the bedroom. You never know until you're cuckolded. Yeah, you never know. Or cuckweened. I recommend cooking a salad. (laughs) (laughs) Cooking? That doesn't sound right. No. I just think of like warm lettuce. Take your lettuce, take your tomato, take your carrot and warm it up. Yeah, just vision someone like breaking out a garden salad and putting it in the (laughs) microwave. Leftovers. 90 seconds on high, we'll get that salad nice and warm. Uh, and I recommend having a great week. Oh, yes, please. When are you going to Bali? Uh, next week, but we'll record before then. Okay, so one more podcast coming up before yeah. Amberly goes to Bali. Maybe I'll have some Bali facts. Oh, wow. Bali, hi. See ya. South Pacific. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>